to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am really looking forward to sharing today's episode with you. Um, If you have a dog who can be reactive to people, this episode is a must listen. Um, Just a reminder, if you have a dog who is reactive to dogs, episode 16 is for you. Um, And if you haven't already listened, Enriching Your Dog's Life, number 17, is also available. Um, Thank you so much to everyone who's been leaving reviews on the podcast. Like, seriously, it means a lot to me. And I think that it helps this podcast get seen by more people who could use it. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Also, so you know, Trustworthy Recalls, my online course, is open for enrollment. If you're frustrated because you can't take your dog off leash because they won't come when you call them, this course is for you. I want your life to be easier. I want the dog to be off leash more. That's what this course is all about, is building a trustworthy recall so that y'all can enjoy your lives and not be frustrated. So if you'd like to enroll in Trustworthy Recalls, you can head to my website, agfdogtraining.com, select online courses, and it will bring you to the Trustworthy Recalls landing page. So um, on today's episode, I have a special guest. Her name is Jess. She is dog mom to Luna and Stella. We talk mainly about Luna in this episode because she is her dog who can be very reactive to people. Um, in addition to being a dog mom, Jess is also a shelter volunteer and a canine behavior consultant in training. And I just had so much fun. So thank you, Jess, for, for joining me. So um, if you do like this podcast, please sh- be sure to click subscribe so you miss out on any future episodes. And if you feel so inclined, leaving a review on iTunes is greatly appreciated. Um, Also, apologies. um, There was a little bit of um, audio glitches because of the connection between Jess and I. So um, that's why it kind of ends abruptly. But I tried to um, edit those so it's the least uh, intrusive to your ears. All right, guys, here we go. Um, Jess, I'll let you go ahead and tell us about Luna, how old she is, where you got her from, just kind of that rundown. And then if you want to tell us about um, her reactivity and what those look like. Sure. Um, well, Luna, we got through, um, she's, we're in our fourth year. She turned three uh, in January. Um, we were at a point where, you know, we knew we wanted to add a new member to the pack. And naturally, as a shelter volunteer, I was um, interested in, in that vein. But um, the timing wasn't quite right when I first started looking. There was, an, there was puppies available, like, right then and there. And it was in the middle of winter, which isn't always the ideal scenario for bringing a puppy in when you live in the North Country in northern New York. So, um, and that's the other thing with puppies and shelters, they get scooped up so quick. So I knew us not taking one wasn't going to mean a dog wasn't going to find a home. So, um, one of the people I actually used as a reference, uh, for the adoption said, well, I know of this woman who took a dog in, in a foster situation, really 
pretty incredible story. Um, it was her son's best friend, and it was his dog. He His parents abandoned him, this real bizarre, crazy scenario. And so they took him in, and they took his dog in. And a few days after he moved in with them, he had kidney failure on their couch and was rushed to the hospital. So then they were left with this dog, who then they later find out is pregnant. <laughs> so it's just this Oh, my gosh. Right. <laughs> Thing. And they had three dogs in addition to Millie. That's the mom. So, um, you know, come January, the puppies are born. There were six of them. And um, so that's, that's how we ended up with Luna. Um, so we ended up, they, they were ready to adopt the puppies out at seven weeks old, which I wasn't real crazy about, um, knowing that it's really best to leave them they really live with mom as long as possible, you know, 10, 12 weeks is ideal, but, right. uh, you know, clearly this woman had a lot on her plate and just needed these puppies to find homes. So yeah, uh, sometimes people are doing the best they can, right? Like, can. absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so that's how, that's how we got Luna. Um, so did you know, did you meet her mom then? Yes. Okay. And, and what was her personality like? Absolute sweetheart. Sweetheart, okay. love bug, loves everybody. But, and I was, I mean, I grew up, I'm one of those, I will, I will admit, I was up until a couple years ago, I was one of those people that thought, I grew up with dogs, I know dogs, but I grew up with German Shepherds on 400 acres where no real obedience training was really required. You know what I mean? Like, right, because their needs are just so, being met. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was real kind of old school the way dogs used to live you know, 50, 60 years ago, they, they, you know, we had to housebreak them and make sure they didn't chew on our stuff in our house. And German shepherds are just so eager to please and smart. And they just, they really are pretty exceptional as far as that goes. So, um, you know, leashes, that wasn't a thing. For <laughs> right. Not necessary. Not unless, you know, the once a year we had to take them to the vet, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, bringing Luna into the mix was a big learning curve for me. Uh, so, and that's really between the shelter work I started doing and bringing Luna into the mix, I started, you know, I discovered Patricia McConnell and, and Pat Miller and, you know, all, yes. all the ladies that are, are the science-based positive reinforcement gurus now. So um, it just completely opened my eyes. And we were doing all the things, or at least I thought I was doing all the things with Luna with socialization and taking her everywhere and all of the things. And somewhere between six and nine months, a switch flipped. And okay. she went from being the happy, wiggly, love everybody to like, oh my God, who are you? Barking, hiding behind my legs and just panic. Tail between the legs, shaking, panic. And as far as I know, no traumatic thing really happened. I just think just, I didn't, I, I maybe got a little complacent in the socialization okay. and just, I thought I was doing enough, but clearly for Luna, I wasn't. Yeah. And I feel like no, some dogs are just wired differently. Totally. And you didn't know her dad, right? Nope. So that's an X factor in like the genetic component, right? Like who knows what he was like, his comfort, like comfort level with, with people and that stuff so was it like when you were out in the world she was afraid of people or in your home was it in both? our home and my husband and I also um we own a brew pub okay so, um and I go into the office and I would bring I mean she's my shadow I take her everywhere with me so I would take yeah. her into the office and it was great you know some of the staff would show up and she'd be so happy to see them 
But then, you know, people she'd literally known since we got her, she was now barking at and afraid of. Which oh was just gosh. okay. And so then, did that or did she was it like initially when she saw these people, or did it stay like that? Like she would bark at first and then like kind of like get more comfortable, or did she stay she uncomfortable? If, if, okay. If eventually she she would, but there's some people like our head chef Jamie, who she's met I don't know how many times. She still barks at him every time. It's more men than women, for sure, which makes sense because she's a mom as well. Right, right. So, you know, I'm who she spends most of her time with. But still, like, my husband's a six-foot-five guy. Like, it's not like she hasn't been around big men. Right, like, she has happy feelings about him. So it's interesting. And it's so interesting to see, like, how each specific dog differentiates that right like she lives with a man who's six foot tall she loves him but that doesn't translate to other men no and and each dogs are individuals you know and and I get this question all the time people you know they get puppies and they feel like they did everything they could in the socializing department and most times they really did you know and I think it's easy to beat yourself up and feel like man I didn't do enough but that is probably not the truth you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's so many things at play when it comes to the socialization and genetics. And I think it's much more helpful just to look at the dog in front of you, look at specific behaviors and just tackle those instead of right. feeling like you didn't do what you could in the beginning. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and then is her reactivity specific to people or is she also reacted to dogs? Um, for the most part, she's cool. If the dog of the other dog's cool, she's cool. Okay. If right. the other dog's obnoxious, then she, she, but even then it's a, there's no fight in her. It's all flight. Okay. It's all like, get me out of here. She just wants to bolt. Oh, right. Okay. So that's, it's of course upsetting, you know, to see, but at the same time, I'm, you know, the flip side is, is, is scary. And I feel for people who are dealing with the flip side of that. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, I have Stella too, both bully mixes. We know the stigma and we try so hard to yes. change that. So, um, and she does, there's, it's definitely better when I have Stella with us because Stella is, you know, nine and she was found on the streets of Brooklyn and is like, she's bulletproof, that dog. Like nothing phases her. Nothing. Yeah. So she gives Luna a little bit of confidence, you know, nice. like okay. moral support for sure. Wait. Um, my daughter and a couple of her friends, she's great. Luna's great with kids, doesn't bark at kids, loves kids. Really grateful for that. Um, but then the, the kid's mom showed up and she did her barking thing and her backing up thing. And it's no, like her hair isn't getting raised or anything like that. It's just a tuck tail and she starts shaking. And Stella went right over her obnoxious bully. I want to love her. <laughs> and Luna saw that and she's like, oh, okay. And then she went over and was like, oh, okay, she's fine. So, um, so she's definitely quicker to warm up with women. But like the other day, it was shortly after you and I were messaging and I'm like, I got to bring this up. So we get down to the, the place where we walk. It's a dog park with this great wooded trail. And I'm always like, oh, no. Yeah, it's when I see no cars or anything. I'm like, oh, great. Nobody's here. Yes, yet. yes. <laughs> so um, we pull up and we're just getting out of the car and walking over to where the trail starts. And the, it's maintained by the town. And so the town guys pulled up to mow the lawn with this big truck and this big trailer, these two big guys get out. And right, of course she starts barking. And I had, this is how severe her, her, her fear is, is I had dehydrated beef liver with me for treats that day. 
wanted nothing to do with them. Nothing like could care less. I could have had filet mignon. It would not have mattered. She just wanted me out of here. So, um, and of course, you know, she starts barking and the guy means, well, he's like, oh, well, you know, like starts talking to her and like looking at her. And I'm like, no, just ignore her. Please look away. Look away. (laughs) Um, so I just do my best not to, I, I try and move away as quick as I can to give her that threshold that she needs to feel safe without reinforcing, I'm going to run away to get away from this because it's like, right, right. Don't want her pulling and freaking out, but yet I need to respect what she's telling me and get her away and give her that, that buffer that she needs from them. And that right. took like 10, 15 minutes to get her to like, settle down again. So we just got away to a safe distance, but I still, once she seemed to settle a little bit, I was like, okay, we're just going to sit here and we're going to watch this. And she did started taking treats from me and just try to change that condition, you know, that, that reaction that she has, like, they're not going to hurt you. It's okay. You know, um, here is that she's experiencing an insane amount of distress, right? Like, I think sometimes it's easy to be frustrated at a dog who's barking and like, stop that. Right. Like, but it's, she's not doing it to impact you at all. Right. Like she's in her own head at that very moment. And I think that, you know, we talked about super pertinent now is that is displaying behavior and it's, a surface behavior that speaks to a deep rooted problem. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's an emotional reaction that's outward. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, if your dog is barking and trying to get away from another dog, punishing that behavior is not going to get you any closer to a more desirable oh, behavior. No, no, right? no, no. Right. Because the emotional distress that these dogs are experiencing is probably relatable to a lot of the fears that we experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so in general, if you like see someone coming, how much of a buffer does she need to prevent the barking from happening? Um, well, like for instance, we've been going to this trail for about a year and there's people that we see, there's like the regulars, you know, that we're all kind of there around the same time of day. Right. And so they, like, there's, for instance, there's a, a guy who runs every day. She used to bark at him every time. And I would always move off the trail as far as I could, depending on where we're crossing paths. I'd give her as much distance as, as I could um, without like falling into the woods and stuff. Um, right. Right. <laughs> and just treat the heck out of her. And I do, um, she knows with me, which is kind of like my heel. Right. Okay. Okay. Walk at your side. And and I bought her watch, you know, and just focus on me, just focus on me and just keep, you know, good girl and just a lot of cooing and soft talk and just keeping her in that happy headspace. Yeah. Yeah. Just shoveling in the cheese. She loves little pieces of cheese is where just keep, keep them coming. And, um, and now we're at the point where we see him and she doesn't even, doesn't even phase her. She just keeps trotting along. So So whereas there's, if it's a new person or because the trail is kind of twisty turny, if we don't see them, if it's like they, we get, she gets a little spooked, but even now I can, she settles really fast, you know, right. she settles, she, come back. she recovers a lot faster and the fear and flight isn't anywhere near as severe as it used to be. So she's getting better. 
Um, but the minute I take her to a new place, to a new trail, we're starting all over again. You know, so the environment has a lot to do with it as well. So I've just been being real patient and giving her the, you know, now that I'm seeing the progress she's made at our regular spot, I want to start adding another place to that mix and, and just keep doing the same thing. Right. And expanding the places where she can feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important too to for people to realize that like a dog like having a sense of predictability a sense of like perceived control over their it's environment like, yes. it's like yes. totally That's it's super crucial it's super crucial for helping them feel comfortable and getting them in a headspace where they can actually like participate in training yes right because like you were talking about earlier if she's over threshold and she's not taking food there's no learning happening there no. Right. <laughs> no. Right. She's just experiencing just a ton of fear. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. So with me is a trained behavior, which means walk at your side. I love that. Okay. And then look at me. Okay. And does look at me just mean like maintain eye contact or just make eye contact initially. And then you follow up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just in, she doesn't need to hold it. Just, okay. you know, I've, I've noticed that when she looks at me and if I've got a nice relaxed, you know, they read our expression. So if she sees totally. like, it's okay, honey, it's all good. You know, just, it's all right. you're good. You're fine. I got you. You are not in danger. I have your back. <laughs> They're not going to hurt you. It's okay. Which right. no one ever hurt her. It's just, it's really fascinating. It's been really, it's, it's been a huge, she's teaching me so much, you know, which is. Do they the all do. Right. They all teach us so much. And I think that enjoying the journey is just like half of it, you know, and like how we can evolve. The first time that runner, the jogger that we see every time and she didn't, I was like inside. I was like, oh, my God, you know, we're fighting. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no. And and working as a team is super crucial because if she didn't have trust from you, there's no way. Right. There's no way. Okay, so. um. Have you okay? So you're using high value treats, cheese. What oh, yeah. other high value treats does she like? Fortunately, she's incredibly food motivated. So sometimes I always have a little bag of her kibble in case I just run out. If it's a heavy activity day and I really had to shovel a lot of them into her, I she loves her kibble. So awesome. That's you know that's real handy. So I always have like two or three different things with me. Nice. Okay. So that if we are in a situation where we see, let's say we see a dog that's a little rude, um, yeah. you know, hasn't been taught the manners or whatever, then I bust out um, the the dried, uh, like the chicken jerky that I get for her. Nice. That's a higher value one. And then if we're just trotting along and, and she maybe starts tugging on the leash a little bit, then I'll bust out a couple pieces of kibble. Like, come on, honey, you know. <laughs> we're we're so, in this together. Please stop pulling. <laughs> so I'm constantly, she never knows what she's going to get either. So that kind of keeps her engaged as well. I like that. So she isn't, and what I've learned is she's really not a fan of the freeze-dried beef liver. You know, something For about whatever reason. she's not, she'll take, I mean, she'll eat it. She'll eat anything. Um, she's like I said, she's food motivated, but so I say that I've just set that aside and I use it with the shelter dogs instead. Um, cause a tub of that stuff is 25 bucks. So, um, yeah, good would, value for sure. She's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> give me my cheese. Yeah, so. no. And I, I like having a variety. I just call it my doggy trail mix. You know what I mean? Because I think the variety and like, ooh, sometimes you get a $100 bill. Sometimes you get a $10 bill, right? Like, I think that's good for keeping the dog interested too. Sure. Sure. Because like I got little, my Stella, who she's, 
she's almost nine, you know what I mean? She just trots along beside me, happy-go-lucky, and sometimes she'll just sort of look at me like, can I have a treat too? And I'll give her this, I'll give her a piece of cheese. You would have thought I gave her like a whole carrot to chew on. She's just one of those dogs where it doesn't matter how small or how soft that treat is, she's going to eat it like I just handed her a whole cheeseburger to chew on. And sometimes she spits it out. So I'm like, come on, I don't, I don't have time for this. Oh a classic slow chewer, right? Oh my, oh my god. She's I want to find those squeeze tubes for her cuz that's I think that would be the trick. Just totally, totally. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, the squeeze tubes are awesome and actually I just buy like the travel shampoo containers and just yeah. fill those. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. So if you need something lickable, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so um okay, and then when you're at this trail with Luna, is she on or off leash? On. On leash. Okay. Do you do anything with her off leash? Yeah. Like the other day, the jogger was there and he was like, it's all clear up ahead. Nobody's coming. Oh, so nice. I'm like, sweet. So I did let her off. Um, cause she's, she, I do have a 15 foot lead that I work with her on every once in a while too. Okay. Um, and she doesn't like to be that far away from me. She likes to stick close. So, you know, occasionally she'll catch a scent, um, or want to go eat some grass or whatever, you know, yeah, do so dog I, stuff. I use that for recall training. Like if she lags behind, then Luna, come, you know, and then give her a fistful of kibble or, Super. you know, whatever. So doing whatever we can to kind of keep it, or I'll just, I'll throw pieces of kibble into the grass and nice. do a quick find it, you know, just to keep her engaged with me as much as possible. And you just never know when some treats are going to go flying out of my hand. Um, yeah. Okay. So if you guys were out and she was off leash and you encountered a person, would she bark and back away? Like yes. what do you, yeah. Okay. She bark Cause there has been times where I've let her off and someone showed up and she, she stops, she barks and then she runs back to me. Yeah. Right. And like, not ideal that she's barking, but it's also really nice that like, she is so dependent on you that she will default back to you so quickly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like if she was the dog who would bark and maybe approach, then obviously you got to change, right? Like yeah. you got to change the scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. So no, I'm, I'm fit, but those are, that's, it's rare that I let her off leash down there. I mean, we have a huge fenced in backyard. Um, wow. and then we have, we live in farm country, so I'm surrounded by fields. So right now the field, it's like, five football fields behind us. So, um, when the, when, when we can, we go back there and she, she's an athlete. I've, I've been watching you with, um, with your guy and agility training. And I think that's something maybe we want to do someday. Cause she's just, just when we're playing Chuck it, she just, she runs like her life depends on it. Yeah. And I feel like, and you know, the, yeah. And agility too. I feel like not only like improving the relationship between you guys, but improving um, associations with people too, yeah. you know, like sometimes there's people around, but I'm still doing this fun thing with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then how do you handle when people come to your house? As much as you know, people don't listen. Um. Yeah, people are not <laughs> as trainable as dogs. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, most of my family and friends she's gotten used to, if it's someone new, I usually give them a heads up. Okay. Like, listen, she's all bark. Just ignore her. That's really the best thing you can do is don't make eye contact. Don't talk to her. Don't acknowledge her. 
just when if she comes up to you, just let her smell you. She's just checking you out. Don't try and pet her. Just yeah, no touching. Or pay attention to Stella, which is kind of hard not to because that's another <laughs> thing we're working on with her is not jumping on people. And she, she's you know she's a typical pity who can jump vertical ten feet in the air and kiss you midair. Oh yeah, directly in the Direct, mouth. Like, bang right in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> so the contending with that and Luna barking and it's it's chaotic, but we're working on it. Um, so like my daughter's friends, my, you know, she's 13 and she'll have her friends come over. And I'm always like, guys, listen, you know, Luna's going to bark a little bit. Just ignore her. It, and she's got one of her best friends. Lucas is always like, Oh, hi. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that probably freaks Luna out more, right? Someone coming close to her. Eye yeah. contact in your face, bending over like, no, what are you doing? So, so yeah, it's a challenge, but. I try and look at it all, you know, it's, it's, it's learning experiences for all of us. And, um, if it's really bad, I just let her outside. I just let her go out the back and distract her with throwing the ball. And then we come back inside. And a lot of it is, it, it depends on how much exercise she's had. Yeah. Okay. The energy she has the more tightly she's wound, you know, so I know if I know people are coming over, I try to work it where she gets her walk, she gets a ball session. She gets some of that out of her energy, that that spring yeah. unsprung and so that she's a little bit more in a space where she can take on new things yeah um, had some stress relief yeah no I think that that's a super great point right like managing the scenario not only like managing like where she is and where the people are but making sure that like her needs have been met prior to the you know the perceived scary experience that she's gonna encounter yeah um okay so um, have you ever considered, um, meds for her? We do have some rescue remedy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I have been looking into some CBD stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if you guys had tried anything like. Yeah. It's just the, cause we, um, we did take a road trip down to North Carolina, um, for the kids Easter break. And so, um, you know, we bought the rescue remedy with us for that because that was going to be a whole lot of new experiences for her. Right. Um, it seemed to take a little bit of the edge off. Okay. Um, like, poor thing. We stopped at a rest stop in, like, Delaware. And I've never seen a rest stop so busy in my life. Like, we had to look for a parking space. I mean, you know how big those things are. But we had to yeah. look packed. And so... We got out, you know, we'd been in the car for several hours. I knew she had to pee, you know, and she got out of the car like, oh, great, we're stopping. She hopped out of the truck and she just froze Aww. because it was just people and cars. And it was just, oh, and she went Boop, and dropped right, right back in the truck. Like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to go anywhere. I, I can hold it. <laughs> yeah. So um, what we did is we, we, you know, got our coffee, did our bathroom break, and then we drove off and we found a place that was a little bit more secluded where I could take her, where she was a little bit more comfortable and could do what she needed to do. And then we were on our way. But, um, so yeah, I, I, we haven't really done any, any like prescription stuff or anything like that. Um, it just seems, you know, what I've seen really is the best thing for her is just lots of exercise. Cause she's just, she's a very athletic dog. Um, yeah. And if she was a person, she'd be type A. You know, she's just <laughs> wild type. She's wild right. type. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's 
every dog teaches us something different. And I think it's interesting, like over time to see like the trajectory of our lives based on the dogs, you know, and like how you have to evolve and like adapt your lifestyle, you know, like I'm in this weird point in my life right now where like, I was in the habit for 10 years of avoiding dogs because Sonny was dog aggressive. And now Waylon is the opposite. He's like obnoxiously social. So it's like, <laughs> it's so crazy, right? Trying to like change my habits. Like Rachel, you have a dog friendly dog now, you know, right. it's like, it's so interesting how you have to change and adapt and evolve, but I'm grateful for that because I feel like ultimately we're better people. Oh, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Right? Okay. So, um, what are some other training techniques, like training setups you've done to help Luna with her fear of strangers? Um, we did take a training class. It was okay. like a 12 week, 11 week, something like that with the local canine club. Um, and it was a real small group. I think there was only five or six of us, you know, um, five or six dogs in, in the class. Um, the trainer was, you know, really, really kind and as a you know positive reinforcement trainer should be um and you know that was definitely it was it gave me a little bit of confidence because i was like oh you know just some of the stuff he was teaching i'm like oh, okay i'm doing that like I, i'm on the right track it was a little bit of affirmation like okay we're doing the right things um and for her to be you know around other people around other dogs um, I mean, by the end of the class, she was letting the instructor take her for, you know, how he would like alternate between the dogs to demonstrate yeah. what we were working on. Um, and by the end of it, Luna was going with him without me being right there. So wow. That was, that's that was huge. Progress. You know, so yeah. she does around people. If she has time to get to know the person, she, she warms up. She just needs some time. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it, and it was in a, at that point, you know, she was used to being in that space and, you know, the, just the whole scenario was familiar to her. So she was able to, cause at first she was completely like, oh my goodness, what is this? Um, like we pull in the driveway and the, it was at the, our local fairgrounds. It was a building in amongst all the other buildings. And after the first couple times, um, she would start to get panicky the minute we pulled in the driveway. Oh man. So what I had to start doing was just going at odd times throughout the week before class to start be like, we're just going to come here and then we're going to leave. Like we're not going into the building. We're just coming. We're walked around the grounds, lots of treats, um, and just let her smell and kind of get used to that. And that's one of the places we're going to continue to visit. Um, clearly there was something there that was triggering her that I need to, that I need to work with her on. But the minute we got into the building, she was fine. We go over to our spot, you know, we had, you know, I brought a blanket for her and stuff like that. So she had her place and she'd settle right down. She settles quick, pretty quickly, all things considered. Yeah. Um, and really would pay no mind to the other dogs. There was a couple dogs there that were pretty, even more high strung than, than she was. Um, right. So uh, she, you know, really was, wasn't triggered by them in, in any way, shape or form. Um, and there were the two of the assistant instructors were women and she warmed up to them real quick. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, she, she's, 
Yeah, it's really environmentally specific with her is what I'm what I'm I'm finding. If it's a new scenario, the scenario itself is enough for her to get used to. You throw people into the mix and it it's it too much on her threshold. Yeah. So, um, you know, I need to find places that we can go. You know, I would like to be able to take her to into the pet smart or something like that, but I know that that is just we're not there yet. That it's too much to ask of her. Yeah. Wait, like we can maybe pull in the parking lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but to get her out of the car and try and like walk her, she would, she would not, that would not be good. That would, yeah. good. That would yeah. set us back. And I think, you know, I think it's brilliant that, that you're going places and letting her acclimate. Right. Like there's so much to that. Like sometimes the biggest success you can have is going somewhere and just letting the dog sniff and explore and be a dog. And doing mm-hmm. no training at all. No. Right? Right? Like, and each dog is, is so much an individual. And I think, you know, a super good point to bring up about all of this is that Luna's motivations come from a place of fear. Yes. Right? Like, there's not an aggressive bone in her body. It's oh. she is uncomfortable and she's vocalizing to let the person know that she's not comfortable with what's going yes. on. Yeah. 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 Um, have you ever tried like, um, like a band, a bandana that says like, give me space or like, I've seriously thought about it. I've thought about getting the leash that says that there's, you know, all different sort of warnings, like do not approach in training, you know, something like that. And some sort of a bandana or even a, there's harnesses or like those little, like the adopt me vest that we put yeah, on the vest, yeah, stuff like that. But it says, you know, please do not approach, um, yeah, I've definitely thought about that. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's a project, it's called the Yellow Dog Project. And it's it's trying to create awareness and helping educate people that not all dogs want to be approached. Right. Right, and there's a variety of reasons for that. So I think it's super important for people to recognize that like, just because you see a dog that is cute does not mean that you should approach. You no, know? not yeah. at all. I mean, there was a woman, the perfect example, we were at the beach in North Carolina and um, we had our little spot. We were way back, you know, a place where we could watch people walk by, but Luna was comfortable with the distance and we had our umbrella and our blanket, you know, the whole nine yards and we we're just chilling there as a family. And this sweet lady, I mean, she was sweet enough, but she came walking right up, you know, and Luna was, you know, Luna wasn't really paying attention. She got about maybe 20 feet from us and she was like, what is happening? And your dog looks just like my dog and blah. And Luna just lost it, just lost it. So I just, I get up and I walked away, you know, and I was like, Matt, can you, my husband, I was like, can you deal with this, please? Right, please run interference. And I always, you know, I had my, there I am in my, you know, my bathing suit with my treat pouch around my (laughs) and um, and just started shoveling, shoveling cheese in her. And I was like, it's okay, honey, you know, and, and, just walked away, you know, and gave her that distance that she needed. And the lady, I mean, she stood there for like five minutes talking my husband's ear off. Meanwhile, Luna's like clearly not happy. Oh, so yeah. yeah. And she had a dog who was off leash running all over the beach, just terrorizing in a sweet way, but still like he wasn't just a big goofy lab. Who thought, like I watched him go in the water and then walk over to these random people and shake on them. Oh, oh God. My God. <laughs> And the lady did nothing about it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I would be horrified if my dog did that. Yeah, no. And I think that speaks to the greater issue of like working as a community to support each other. 
You know, like be aware and recognize that like not all dogs want to be approached by people or dogs and recognize that, you know, and like on the flip side of that, like if you ask, I seriously, I encourage people, people will walk by and I'll be like, well, he's really friendly if you want to say hi, because Waylon's just standing there like wiggling like a freaking lunatic waiting for someone to recognize him. People will walk by and she like stops and starts like trotting and like looking behind her. And I have to like, like, come on. So like, why are they not stopping to pet me? I Did they not see me? <laughs> Am I not that adorable that everyone doesn't want to love me? I don't understand. Meanwhile, Luna's like, come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Like this, possibly you know, can. One arm in the front and one arm in the back. One's pulling me one way. One's lagging behind. It's, it's comical. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So if you could leave other dog owners who own dogs, who are people reactive, what would be your, your final thoughts for them? Be patient. Yeah. Be gentle. With yourself and with the dog. Yourself and with the dog. Yeah. You know, and just like you said earlier, management, you know, it, find places where you can go where they can they can walk and and do all the things but you can if there's people there you at least have a wide berth you know whatever that is or go out first thing in the morning when nobody's there or go in the evening when nobody's there you're just gonna have to like you said lifestyle and modify the way you do things so that um you can ease them into scenarios that uh they can eventually become more comfortable with absolutely Uh, Absolutely. Really at the heart of it, you know, and figure out what it is it if they're not treat motivated or you know, food motivated, then is it a ball, is it a frisbee, is it a tug toy, is it you know, whatever it is that's gonna keep their attention on you when they are in a stressed out mode or you know, whatever whatever that is. Yeah, right. And having contingencies in place for those oh shit moments. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And some days, you know. Some days are we there's some days we have great walks and there's some days where it's it's not so great and you just gotta just gotta roll with it. Yeah, right? Like um training is not like a straight trajectory. Oh, no. <laughs> there's so many ups and there's so many downs, and I feel like being real about that, you know, like you don't just go from like the dog is like, like afraid of people. So they're just not afraid of people. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I can see Luna always being somewhat reactive to new people. I, I, I'm, I've accepted that, that that's just, it's just who she is, you know, and she needs time, um, to, to, to warm up to, to new, new energies. You know, I, I've definitely noticed she's very energy sensitive. There's a group of folks that'll come down that are part of the, um, the ARC community, people with mental disabilities or physical disabilities, and they bring them down to the park and they have a picnic there or whatever. And, you know, kind, sweet people, but their energy is a little erratic. Yeah. Unpredictable from her perspective. And, you know, they can be, some of them have Tourette's and they're, and they're yelling or, you know, these, these various different things. And, um, so whenever I could just, she just, she's very energy sensitive. Um, I think all dogs are, but I think some are more, a little bit more keyed in than, than others, just like people. Totally. Um, totally. So, uh, so in those days, you know, we encounter them on the trail and it, it, it can, if it really rattles her, then, you know, it takes 10, 15 minutes sometimes for her to recover from experiencing that energy. 
and we yeah. just got to chill. You know, I just, we, we get that, that birth and we just get off to the side of the trail and I just reinforce her until I see her calm down. And then we start walking again. Yeah. Yeah. No, patience and flexibility are absolute essentials when it comes to owning a dog who has any sort of like fear and reactivity to anything really. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I think it's so helpful, you know, like hearing what it's really like (laughs) to live with a dog who can be afraid of people. You know, it's so easy just to like, we'll do this and this and this. Okay. But what is real life really like? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, to know we're not, you're not alone if you have a dog that's, that's like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and especially if it's a bigger dog or if it's one of those those breeds, you know, that are on the list of, you know, that people just automatically default to think. I actually had an old lady ask me if she was in danger. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like if, no, you're not in when, danger. When, when people do come, um, when we do encounter people coming at us, I get off the side of the trail. And I don't make them sit because I know that can make them feel a little bit more vulnerable, but I just make them wait and treat and just let people go by. And a woman actually stopped and she was like, am I in any danger here? And I said, I'm sorry. I I didn't really understand what she was asking. She's like, are they dangerous? Am I in any danger? I said, oh no, ma'am, I'm just teaching them manners. And you know, we're just learning to be calm on the trail or whatever. And she's like, well, maybe you shouldn't come out here when there's so many people. And I, like, she was the only person I saw in like a half an hour that I was there. Like, I'm like, no, they're fine. They're not, they're, they're not, you're in no risk. They're just learning to be calm when right. there's people around. Yeah. She is much more afraid of you than you are afraid of her. So. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. So. And I think, and I think it's important too, like, Owning a blocky headed dog, like it is not your responsibility to change everyone's mind. You don't have to, it's okay. Right? Like people think what they think and it's not your job to educate everybody. Your job is to be the best teammate you can be for your dog. And that's what really matters. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jess, if people want to follow along, um, your shelter work and your adorable dogs, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, the Dak pack. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.